And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords. Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena, and happy hump day. Happy Wednesday to you, too. It's funny because question unboxing topic today is lunchflation and whether or not we're skipping lunches with colleagues. Yet, mm. we had lunch yesterday. Had, it's <laughs> been a while since we had lunch together as well. So, oh, yeah. Maybe that attests to the argument. Uh, we would have more frequent lunches if lunches right, were yeah, less exactly. expensive. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it has nothing point. to do with you being busy. <laughs> No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, give us your two cents on the topic. Is lunchflation affecting your lunch plans too? In the meantime, let's turn our attention to some of our headlines this morning. And this is our first pick of the day. Reduce suicide. So South Korea has a high suicide rate among OECD nations, and the government has announced plans to revamp its policies on mental health, especially to reduce those numbers of suicides. Can you tell us more? Yeah, so there are some uh, unfortunate numbers uh, and statistics uh, here in Korea. Uh, it, as you said, it does rate uh, highest among OECD member uh, nations for nearly 20 years. Uh, now, President Yoon stressed that mental health issues uh, should not be left to be taken care of by individuals, but be made into an important national agenda. Uh, he stressed that such issues should not be tackled by individuals on their own. And he said the government will drastically change the paradigm and policies on mental health by restructuring the entire support system, including prevention, treatment and recovery. Uh, under the government's plan, one million people are expected to be able to receive psychological counselling that's been funded by the government's support um, by the year 2027. Now, those in medium and high-risk groups will get counselling uh, next year. So, basically, people are more at risk of um, basically inflicting damage on themselves uh, will get the immediate uh, support. Mm. And the government will also shorten the mental health screening cycle for young people from uh, 10 years to two years to enable early intervention. Uh, the approach includes revamping the responses to the swift and continuous treatments, enhancing welfare services to support the daily recovery of individuals with mental disorders and improving awareness of mental health issues. Now, the government said that through such policies, it aims to reduce the suicide rates by 50 percent within 10 years. Um, furthermore, mandatory suicide prevention education will be provided annually for 16 million people. Uh, including students starting next July. Now, the mental health care system will also be restructured so that patients with severe mental illnesses can receive continuous treatment and management. Uh, the government aims to move away from its kind of previous mental health policy that focused mainly on treatment and care for patients with severe mental illness, which is mm. um, criticised as being kind of reactive mm -hmm. and passive. And critics also say they lack support for uh, basically preemptive prevention and early treatments as well as recovery and a return um, to daily life as well. So as you've said, Koreans aged between 20 and 34 is to get a mental health checkup every two years. So that interval has been shortened and psychological counseling, which can be costly and at times taboo, encouraged mm -hmm. by government policies and made easier yeah. to access.
Yeah, a lot of these problems do start from a young age as well. So sure. that reducing that screening cycle and checking up on these young people on a more regular basis uh, could probably have a, a further long-term mm. uh, benefit uh, as well. But um, yes, for the moment, those are the policies that mm. have been announced. It's important to note that this is the government's first ever detailed state policy aimed at tackling the crisis. So that seems to be a change. Let's move mm-hmm. on to our second keyword of the day. Export support. So President Yoon has vowed to further support the country's export competitiveness by negotiating FTAs and helping the diversification of export items. He was speaking at an event marking the 60th trade day. Can you run us through what the president had to say? Right. So he stressed that export promotion is vital for people's uh, livelihoods. He assured strong government backing for businesses to freely challenge and excel uh, globally, and he re, uh, recognized Korea's economic development through trade during crises like the oil shock, uh, both the 97 Asian financial crisis uh, as well as the uh, 2008 global financial crisis. And he stressed the need for experts, exports rather, to revitalize the economy, especially as uh, Korea has high external dependence. And he highlighted his economic diplomacy efforts. Uh, stating that thanks to these efforts, Korea reversed the negative trend in exports in just uh, over a year. President Yoon has always touted himself as being, uh, you know, Korea's number one salesman, and uh, he's been busy going abroad and uh, getting these deals done with foreign dignitaries and business leaders. Um, now, key promises include expanding export routes through new FTAs, as well as nurturing young people, uh, small businesses, and startups and boldly abolishing regulations that are hindering uh, exports. And he also pledged maximum support for R&D as well in future cutting-edge technologies and strengthening support for various industries um, as well. So that ties into kind of diversifying the uh, export items. Uh, and Yun also emphasized reforming regulations hindering exports to meet global standards. Mm. With that, we move on to our third keyword of the day. Education capabilities. Could the country's education fever and widespread internet connectivity have a positive outcome, at least based on this exam? Yes. A recent survey of education capabilities shows that Korean teenagers outperformed in tests that compare educational attainment around the world, specifically reading and science literacy tests. We're smart. Tell us the details. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, saying Korean students, especially the 15-year-old age range, they're Better at maths and better at science and better at learning and more uh, and more literate, basically. Mm. Uh, Now, this uh, survey is called the uh, the PISA or PISA survey. It's carried out every three years by the OECD to assess the ability uh, of 15 year olds to meet real life uh, challenges. It's a study of 15 year old students performance in uh, mathematics, reading and science literacy. Uh, Korea saw an elevation in its average scores across all sections, scoring 527 on math, 515 on reading, and 528 on science. They are up by uh, a point each for maths and reading and nine points up on science uh, from the last test that uh, happened um, in 2018. Of course, there was one year skip because of the pandemic. 
the OECD average, on the other hand, saw drops in the respective categories. This is being attributed to mainly the pandemic. Uh, of course, it has damaged a lot of the education systems worldwide. Mm. Now, Education Minister Ijo said that Korea actually was able to come out on top because of what he called the country's outstanding remote education infrastructure during the time of the pandemic. And he noted that Korea has a nice nationwide high-speed internet uh, internet network, for mm. starters, which helps, uh, and also that low-income students are provided uh, with computer devices and network access for online education as well. So um, there's a lot of tech that's been provided for all um, uh, walks of life sure. and backgrounds. And he also touted the dedication of Korean teachers during the pandemic as well, as they come, uh, came up with uh, new teaching and learning methods for remote education while still paying extra attention to students isolated from the uh, system. Now, according to the uh, PISA survey, 55% uh, of Korean students reported receiving daily support through live on, uh, online classes. So mm. they um, were paid more attention to. Among OECD countries, Korean students actually ranked uh, first to second in math, with Japan scoring the same, first to seventh in reading, grouped together with uh, counterparts such as Ireland, Japan, um, and Canada. Uh, the rankings are presented in scales that group together countries whose scores are not significantly different from each other, mm. uh, accounting for kind of the margin uh, of error. But um, if we look at the whole basically the uh, general uh, outlook of it, uh, Asian countries tend to come out on top when it comes to these educational uh, capability tests uh, mm. and Europe has actually seen a kind of a downward uh, in terms of its scoring. Mm. Um, so Singapore, Korea, Japan uh, are among the top countries where these uh, educational uh, capabilities are uh, scoring top points. I mean, prioritizing education for a certain age group, I mean, that has to come into play, right? It's just not about internet connectivity. It's about how feverish we are to educating the young. It turns out in this mm -hmm. sense, we have a positive outcome. <laughs> yeah, especially for 15-year-olds, they are nearing that time as well when mm -hmm. they're taking the National College Entrance Exam. 15-year-olds um, might say it's a bit too early for them to prepare for it to uh, rigorously, but uh, yes, it's the start of that journey to uh, prepare for that test, isn't it? All right, let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Mycoplasma. So for months now, there was this mysterious wave of childhood pneumonia spotted in China, and there has been rising concerns over a respiratory illness known as microplasma pneumonia that has been particularly targeting young children. Korean pediatricians are calling on the government to take action, saying, what if something similar ought to happen in South Korea? What's the latest, Adam? Yes. Yeah, so, of course, the world had the scare with the COVID-19 pandemic uh, and Korea was um, sometimes criticized for taking a bit of a lax approach when COVID-19 first uh, came about as well. We uh, never had a that. shutdown, did we? Right. Uh, so um, they were kind of downplaying it in the initial stages and then started accelerating those uh, kind of antivirus uh, measures uh, to what critics say a bit belatedly, but then it had some praise and some uh, criticisms and it was all a mixed bag during the pandemic. So basically, Korean ped pediatricians don't want a, a repeat of that. Mm. They warn that if a, a lax response uh, continues uh, in what they're considering right now is a lax response, there could be a surge in pediatric pediatric, sorry, patient care and pediatric care crisis. And government data shows that the number of patients 
Hospitalized with mycoplasma pneumonia has more than doubled in the past four weeks, and nearly 80% of the uh, hospitalized patients are children aged 12 uh, or younger. And the Korea Children's Hospital Association has criticized health authorities for being a bit too complacent um, in dealing with the illness. They demanded that instead of leaving uh, infection prevention to individuals to mm. fight for themselves, they said the government should step in and say they should draw lessons from their approach uh, when um, during the COVID-19 pandemic. And the association highlighted the potential for rapid spread among children in group settings as well, because these children, of course, mm. uh, go to preschools and schools. And they pointed out that pediatric practices are already facing difficulties to um, uh, due to uh, sh uh, short staff uh, and a surge in flu and other viral infections. We are in a season where um, seasonal flu and cold uh, viruses are spreading rapidly as mm. well. Uh, the mycoplasma outbreak would, of course, exacerbate uh, these uh, challenges. And um, they say that Korea should take cues from countries like uh, India and Taiwan, which are making efforts, even issuing border controls mm. uh, from the early stages to prevent the influx of mycoplasma um, and uh, and other measures in, uh, that were suggested is that making these children uh, hospitals uh, included as surveillance medical institutions for pediatric infections. Currently, the KDCA designates basically big hospitals with more than 200 beds as surveillance medical institutions for mycoplasma samples. Now, the KDCA said um, mycoplasma pneumonia infection is not a new infectious disease, but it's actually a disease that has been prevalent in Korea mm. every three to four years. They're basically saying that Korea is and we are well equipped uh, to deal with it. Mm. But it is. Uh, it did say that it is carefully monitoring the possibility of an outbreak um, this year as well. But they're kind of downplaying those concerns. But of course, in the pediatrician's um, eyes, uh, yeah. they're seeing the day-to-day -day effects of what's happening. But uh, we'll have to see if the KDCA does step up, if at all, uh, its measures mm. um, with this um, cause of concern. But it's also causing concerns elsewhere in the world as well, not just in Korea. Europe is uh, one of those places. Right. And of course, um, we'll have to see how the world reacts, especially after the COVID-19 pandemic. Because frankly speaking, you do a little bit of research and mycoplasma pneumonia is usually not really a big cause of concern. It's even dubbed the walking pneumonia because it's mild and you right. can walk around even if you're infected. But uh, mm. ironically, those three years of being extra careful with the face masks on and no contact, mm. it, it does things to your immunity, doesn't it? And so... Right. When to step in? Uh, maybe we should listen to the frontline essential workers. Mm. All right, let's move we'll on. Have to see if they yeah. do. <laughs> Wait and see. Our final keyword of the day: dynamic economy. So uh, Finance Minister uh, Choi Sang-mok says strengthening economic stabilization while continuing the government's drive for reform would be the key priorities under his leadership. Tell us more. Right. Uh, he's still the nominee uh, at the moment, uh, not quite the finance minister yet, but uh, he is tout or touting his abilities to be the next finance minister. He made a remark during his first gathering uh, with the local press. He described the current state of the local economy as being in its last cold snap. And he said there are signs of progress that are evident in some parts, while others are taking a bit of time to catch up. Uh, he stressed the dynamics of the economy should be dramatically raised so Korea can continuously 
uh, create jobs. And he cited eased regulations, advancements uh, of high-tech industries and structural reforms in labour and education sectors as the factors required for the economy to grow sustainably, kind of echoing sentiments that are made by President Yoon. Um, and he said Korea needs to transform the growth strategy from chase and imitating into an economy, uh, uh, economy that pioneers growth, so a front-runner and a trend setter. Uh, he refrained actually from commenting in detail about uh, other regulatory directions, but he did hint that he would continue uh, the president's efforts in tackling issues related to people's livelihoods internally while seeking to expand supply chains um, overseas as well. So uh, basically, uh, generally uh, echoing the sentiments mm. um, and policy goals of President Yoon. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. We'll see you again tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.